Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, buddies? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How's everything out there? Are you guys okay? Listen, a couple of things right up front here. There's going to be a live episode of WTF on Sunday, November 14th in New York City. And admission is free. You hear me? Are you hearing this? I'll be talking movies with author Jason Bailey, who wrote the new book, Fun City Cinema, New York City and the Movies That Made It. And we're doing this at the Paris Theater on West 58th Street, the only single screen movie theater left in Manhattan. All right. So listen and listen close. Yeah. Listen to me and listen close because I'm only saying it once. I'll say it twice. At noon Eastern Today, we will post the sign-up link on the WTF Pod Twitter account. It's going to be first come, first served, so click that link and sign up before tickets are all gone. That's WTF Pod on Twitter at 12 noon today. You hear me? That's for the uh, free live podcast in New York City at the Paris Theater on West 58th Street. November 14th, Sunday. Bring your coffee. Get a nice coffee, maybe a bagel or something. Huh? Could you toast this a little more? Could you please toast this a little for a few more minutes? Could you take this back in and toast it for a few more minutes? Do you have a cloth, a cloth napkin that I could put out? Sorry, working on an impression of a specific person that's not a celebrity. And I was, I was fucking nailing it. The other uh, thing I want to mention tonight, I'm at Largo here in Los Angeles for the last time I will be doing this full set like this. So I don't know if there are tickets or not left, but um, this is it before I go. I'm looking forward to going to New York. I've not been to New York since the uh, plague. I have no idea what to expect. If it's anything like Los Angeles, it's going to seem tenuous at best think about that man fucking year and a half or however long it took ongoing terror and trauma and fear lockdown and we're all jacked in we completely acclimate and adapt to a day-to-day engagement 
with a computer in a way that was life-sustaining. That was our life. Streaming, Zooming, reading, whatever it is, whatever rabbit hole you choose, whatever activity you were doing, the internet became our qualifier. Uh, that's codependent talk. That's Al-Anon talk. That's program talk for who you are codependent to, who you are enabling, who you are trying to fix, who you are trying to make behave differently. The internet is our qualifier culturally. We love them, her, it. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it tells us things we don't want to. Sometimes it behaves in a bad way and we can't really stop it. That is who we are codependent. That is a symbiotic thing. And it became desperate and essential during lockdown. So in the middle of all that trauma, in the middle of all that fear, in the middle of being ripped open and uh, facing the unknown on a viral level and also on an environmental level, we depended on that connection. So imagine what it did to our fucking traumatized brains. Imagine that interface now. Imagine that. I've talked about it before. We volunteered for it. Now we're all pimped out by the algorithm. And your reality, your sense of reality, your perception is guided and defined by the choices you make streaming, by the choices you make online, by the choices of content that you curate and allow into your brain. That is the parameters of your perception. I mean, outside is outside. There's your car, there's your hose. Where's your cat? That's the store. Be careful. Fill it up. Want to take a drive? Fill it up. Plug it in. I'm going to cook this thing. That reality has a context. That's the reality reality. Slow going. But the electrified perception of what you allow into your brain in the form of content or information. What is the context of your perception? What are the parameters of your perception? What are you logging into? What choices have you made that will then enable the great throbbing algorithm to mine your desires? Your brain is a fucking whore. Turned out. You let it happen. I like the free thinking whores. Yeah. You're making all the choices, big boy. Yep. Felipe Esparza is on the show today. Uh, he's a comic, and people uh, may have seen his stand-up specials on Netflix or when he won last Comic Standing. He's been a regular on uh, Superstore and the Eric Andre show. Funny guy. Odd guy. We'd only met a couple of times, but I was always sort of fascinated with him. Worked with him once. Was happy to talk to him. He's on the Netflix series Gentified. Uh, the second season premieres this Wednesday, November 10th. He's currently on tour, and you can go felipesworld.com to see the dates and get tickets. Also, his podcast is called What's Up, Fool? You can get wherever you get podcasts. 
Funny guy. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts so what do you play anything um i've been practicing the piano i have a keyboard about a keyboard yeah so i've been practicing on it and um and on youtube yeah i so, watch the, the the colors go down and yeah i know how to play the beginning of um commodore's easy <laughs> Yeah, and the I know you know what I know how to play the beginning of a lot of songs. Yeah, just to fool people. Sure, man. Yeah, like, yeah when um, they go like, "Do you play?" You yeah, well, sure, you know, I know how to play a little Clear the Loon real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing on the fucking YouTube that uh, like you can just learn anything you want. Anything. You know, back in the, like, how old are you, man? Fifty-three. I'm fifty-eight. So like when yeah. we were kids, that, you had to go get a guy. Yeah, you had to go take a lesson. My you, had ma- to go, yeah. you had to find him, hang out with a mariachi or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I well, that's uh, great music. I knew a guy that was in a regular rock band in Corpus Christi. He yeah. worked uh, like a bartender. Yeah, and he joined a conjunto band. Yeah, well, that's where it all comes from, Texas, yeah. man. He's a drummer. He's a drummer. So what have you been doing, man? I saw you at the airport. You look like you were going at it. Like I've pretty- been. Um, we started touring again. Um, I have a tour called the Unmasked Tour. It's yeah. going through next next year. Do you do you do shows in Spanish? When I was work, I did a. a a Netflix special. I saw Spanish. that in Spanish. Yeah, and how did that? Like, how does that? What What do you see in terms of the difference in, in how many people watch it? Like, do you, do you get a bigger audience? I guess I haven't noticed. You don't know. I get emails. You, you can't tell with the Netflix. Sometimes I get an email from a guy like in Peru. Hey, in Spanish. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got it. But uh, the the people who saw my English one, yeah. they saw the Spanish one, and they like the Spanish one better. Really? Do you know why? Probably because my Spanish is more of a West Coast. East LA, you know, Spanish, yeah, West Coast Spanish. Then, then the Spanish that they speak in like Spain or yeah, Venezuela or like Cuba, more, uh, like Mexico. Yes, yeah. My Spanish is not like Mexico, but uh, because I noticed that the dialect didn't work, and a lot of Spanish words that I use here in America, yeah, don't exist in the Spanish language. Really? Like we made it up. Oh, here. Yeah, like we when we say in English, yeah. Hey, can you fix my brakes? Yeah. And it's and um if you grew up in Boyle Heights or East Los Angeles, yeah, Lincoln Heights, you know West Coast Albuquerque, yeah, you say, hey man, can you fix my brecas? We had an AS, <laughs> but that word doesn't exist. The the right word is um frenos. Really? Somebody corrected me in Mexico. Brecas. Brecas. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in New Mexico, so I guess it's probably the same Spanish. Yes. But did you uh, you you were born in Mexico? I was born in Mexico. Snuck in fair and square. Yeah. How well? How like? What's that? How old were you? Oh man, I was like four, four oh. or three. Really? I remember I was four because when I got 
to America. Where I went to kindergarten. So your whole family come over? Just my mother, my my dad, and my three brothers. Do you remember it? Yeah, my mom, my dad came first. He came over here because he snuck in. Yeah, we had a family yeah. member that were already here already. Yeah. His family members, and they're they like, "Come on, make the run for it." He'll come over here, man. There's plenty of work. Yeah, <laughs> most of my dad's cousins and brothers were working for um, I think uh, Warner Brother Records. Oh, really? They were stacking re- um oh. vinyls in in like um, in the bo- in the boxes and Packing stacking the them. And put it in a machine, and they would look, put the plastic over them. So that's like 49 years ago. Yes. That was like 79. Oh, wow. And my, my dad, um, we went from, we, 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 we live in Sinaloa, Mexico, which mm. is like 11 hours from the border. Oh, my God. An 11-hour drive. Way down there. Way down there. Yeah. So we drove, I remember driving when we were little, to Tijuana, Mexico, my 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 dad's um, aunt lived there. Yeah, my dad's cousins lived yeah. there, and his sister. So we yeah. moved into our. We moved. My mom and my brother, four, five of us, we moved into a house. They already had like seven kids in in Tijuana. In Tijuana, so now there's twelve kids, and there's like four, three parents yeah. in one house, two bedroom house. Oh my god! We stood there for two weeks, and these are your cousins. Yes, and we crossed the border with um. We thought when I, I remember this as a little kid, but we crossed the border and we got caught. Yeah, like we made it all the way to San Clemente, but oh, there was a, a they had a like a they had their own thing going on back then. Like I don't know, maybe it was LA County Sheriffs or yeah, yeah, or Minute Man, but they had a border patrol stop there too. Yeah, yeah, like the ah, oh, you think you made it? Nah, you didn't. <laughs> Check this out. We have another yeah. one. So we got pulled over there and we were put in a like a little jail. In San Clemente. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got deported. My other, my aunt, who lived in San Isidro, California, she came to go visit us. Yeah. And I don't know what they these adults plotted when we were asleep, but um, they, they came to us and they said, we're going to cross the border um, in two weeks. And they told my little brother to, um, they gave my brother an identity Yeah, already at one or two years old. Yeah. With like, the game papers? Yes. So he had to dress up a little, like a little girl. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, his name was Patty. Yeah. And I talk about it in my second part, um, special. But yeah. Which special? What's that one called? That's called Translate This. Um, that one, uh, my wife and I, we produced it ourselves. But my little brother was dressed like a little girl with my aunt. My aunt dressed him like a little yeah. girl and he wore a little dress. And then he like, he practiced his name. Yeah. He wore the dress for about a week. Yeah. And we get to the border, and the border patrol asks him, "What's your name?" He says his name, and we get in. Yeah, he said Patty. He said, "My, what's your name, boy?" Yeah, me llamo Patty. <laughs> that was it. And my brother's gay now, but you know, I don't think that did it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that was your ticket, huh? That was our ticket. We've been here ever since. And that, like, how does that? Like, I have no understanding how that works. So, like, we get here, right? But. We don't just cross the border and like go home somewhere. Like, whoever was driving us yeah. took us to Carson, California. Yeah, and there there was like a house and right. there was like a lot of families, not just us. Yeah, in different rooms. Yeah, and I guess they're waiting for their money. Yeah, and if you don't get their money, you know, I don't know what they do. But oh, you mean the the, the the hub? Yeah. So the the guys who took you across, yes. the mules or whatever you call them, coyotes. What are they called? The coyotes. Coyotes. Why? Mules are drug guys, right? Yes. Right. So they, you got to pay them. So that's where that happens. Yes. Yeah. So so a lot of people meet family members who have the bread. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of, 
um, immigrants, we have like our own taxi service, you know, bootleg. Like my grandmother, she she was she had a visa, yeah, and she would come visit us from Tuxpan, Nayarit, which is that's even twenty hour drive from oh, the United States, yeah, twenty three hour drive, yeah. And she would just um, she would go to United States, and then she would, uh, right there on by the on Los Angeles and Third Street. There used to be a Greyhound station, but yeah. now it's on Santa Fe. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of like bootleg gypsy cabs, you <laughs> yeah. know, from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my grandmother would just talk to a guy and goes, I'm going to Tuxpan, Nayarit. How much is it to take me all the way home? Wow. And that driver would just drive her. Really? From Los Angeles all the way to Mexico. For 20 hours? For 20 hours. And then along the way, he'll pick up another person. Yeah. And just along the way. So he's picking up people along the way in his little car. Yeah. And then- then he'll just hustle his way back to America. Wow. So that my mom, I don't know how she did it, but she knew this taxi service. That's, so when you get here in that situation, how long are you like afraid or like you're undocumented? How long does that happen? I was little, so I don't remember. I was just told, run home. Yeah. After do you, school. But do you get, do you eventually get to citizenship? Yes. Um, my my father got his um, his green card. He's, yeah. He settled. He had, he had a visa and um, working at Warner Brothers. Working at um, a Pike, so he was like a welder. Oh, okay. He worked for this metal shop place. My mom later on told me that they were like working for um, like federal projects. And then we got our papers also in 1981. And that was it. Yeah. And then uh, so my mom and dad are American citizens now. Yeah. And my dad took his citizenship class test in Spanish. Yeah. Because he's been here over 25 years. So when you're you're in America for over 25 years. Yeah. And you go take your citizenship class. Yeah. And your test, you take it in your own foreign language. Really? So my dad's test said, um, ¿Cuáles son los colores de la, de, la, de la bandera de Estados Unidos? Por rojo, azul y blanco. Yeah. What are the, the colors of the stripes of the United States? Red, white, and blue. Are they both still alive? They're both alive. Yeah. Are they together? No, my my dad lived in an old folks' home somewhere in East LA. Oh, and my mom has she's living at home with a little Alzheimer's. Oh, they both have Alzheimer's. Just my mom. Yeah, and do you take care of her? No, my mom has a nurse that shows up. Yeah, and then my brother shows up. Yeah, it's just the two of you. Yeah, my brother shows up every um every other week, every uh, other day. And my brother, uh, one of my other brother lives there. Oh, so you got two brothers? Yeah. Oh, uh, older one. One brother lives there, the other one doesn't, he just visits. But you got an older and a younger? They're all, they're all younger, I'm the oldest. Oh, yeah? So when you get here- Party. Huh? Party yeah. visits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you get here, so you grew up the whole time in Los Angeles? Yeah, Boyle Heights. Boyle Heights. And what was it What was it like you know, coming up and like, so you, you're here since you're four years old? We, we live like- I, a, I watched some of the special, yeah. you know, and it sounds like it was pretty gnarly, <laughs> pretty heavy. Yeah. We lived in different parts. Like we first lived in um, Boyle Heights yeah. by General Hospital next to the freeway. Yeah, and then we moved to the West Side by Olympic and Washington. Yeah, and then we moved into the housing projects of um, Aliso Village, huh. Pico Aliso, Pico Gardens. And how old were you then? Like five, six. I went to. I started second grade at Utah Elementary, which was an a little elementary inside the housing projects. Yeah. Now were the projects terrible or are they all right? They were bad, man. When I was a little kid, it was. I remember when I was um, in fourth grade, we couldn't go outside for rec recreation or nutrition. Yeah, 
because they were um, shooting outside. Yeah. Um, I think there was a Crip gang and Flats gang. Oh, and, so that would be what, Latino gang and a black gang? Yes. Oh, that goes on all the time, or it used to. I used to live in Highland Park. It used to be bad there, I think. Yeah, it was bad back then. And when did you, like, did your parents stay together the whole time? Yeah, my parents stood together the whole time. Really? They separated, like, later on when I was an adult. And then got back together. No, they're not together anymore. Oh, yeah. They didn't get divorced or nothing yeah. like that because my mom waiting for my dad to die and get his social. <laughs> didn't, that didn't happen. So, huh? No, it's a play, <laughs> waiting game now for her. <laughs> didn't work out. Well, she's not going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> so what did uh, when did you start? Because like in the when I watched the special, which one did I watch? The last one. Uh, what was that called? Um, Bad decisions. Yeah, that's good. It was really funny. But it sounds like, you know, from the get-go, so all three of you kids are in the house, and it sounds like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But what was it like? Was it booze or what? My dad was an alcoholic, and yeah. he worked all day. Yeah. And he came home and drank. Yeah. And then yelled. Yelled. Yeah. Beat everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> he to fuck us up. Yeah. Like, I remember one time, um, I was, um, we were living across the street from Pecan Park. That was before he moved into the project. Yeah, but we were still in the same neighborhood, but didn't move into the project. Yeah, later. my dad. Oh man, I was such a dumbass. Yeah, I was playing with a soccer ball. Yeah, and I kicked it real hard. Yeah, and I broke um our window. Yeah, our front window. Right, like, he just right. Yeah, and my dad was drinking with his friends, like, like next door and like right across the street. He, he like he was watching me the whole time, and they were all drinking beer. And then he saw me. And I th- and I knew it was on, right? So yeah. I, I ran to the house, and um, my dad was trying to like find something to beat me with, you know, like a, a belt or yeah, or water hose or whatever, right? And he was drunk, he was mad, and my mom was trying to calm him down. Like, hey, calm down, you know, in, in Spanish, calmate, yeah. cabrón, estás loco, you know, calm down. Yeah. Then my my because my, my, my then my dad like couldn't he was freaking out because he couldn't find nothing to hit me with. So um, he was trying to unhook the fucking um, the hose from the washing machine, <laughs> yeah. all angry, yeah. just to scare me more. Yeah. And then my, that's when my mom tried to stop him, and he just pushed my mom out the way. And then, like, um, we just, I, I started crying, and everybody started crying, and he freaked out, and he didn't hit me, though. He just ran out. Everybody started crying. That was yeah. enough of a a, 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 cons- a unified effort, the yeah. tears. Because that was the second time I broke the window, like, in a month. Oh. The first time um, we were playing in the house, and um, I unsc- I unscrewed the 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 wooden piece of my mom and dad's bed, like the their backboard. Yeah, headboard. This, the yeah. headboard. Yeah, and it was like a long wooden. It, it looked like a pole. Yeah, and my bro- I tried to hit my brother with it, and I threw it at him like a spear. Yeah, but it went through the window and it broke. Yeah, yeah. So that was strike one. That was strike one. <laughs> we got, I, I got beat for that one. Yeah. So there was just like a lot of beating. Yeah. All the kids? All of them. And your mom? Yeah. Ugh, it's terrible. Just shoving at first, but then fist. Yeah? Yeah. With the kids or your mom? My mom, just that one time I talk about in a special that oh, I remember. Oh, that was the one time? Yeah. That she, he choked her and, yeah. Yeah. So when did you start checking out? Checking out what? Like with drugs. Oh, I started like at um, late. I started when I was 19. But I was drinking like 16, you know. Yeah. I would find a beer, was drinking my friends and I or 40. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey's. Yeah, sure. And. Yeah, uh, yeah, high school stuff. But then like in high school, 
I started drinking more with my friends, yeah. like after school. Yeah. But then I started smoking pot when I was 19 at a, at a Christmas party with my friends. Yeah. Then I started smoking weed every day. Yeah, yeah. And then I started, um, there was a lot of crack in my neighborhood. Yeah. And PCP. Oh, yeah. Not not so much heroin, just PCP and PCP, crack. PCP, that's, that's a rough ride. And I never touched that stuff. No. Like I have, And a lot of my, my friends, they were selling it. Did they like it? They were selling. They were. They were selling it. Yeah, because my neighborhood first was known for for Thai bud. Yeah, it was called Thailand. Yeah. So, oh, good weed. Good weed. Like yeah. it was called the Thailand. My yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And they would just saw weed, 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 weed. Like yeah. everybody would show up. Right. But then that changed to crack. Yeah. And then the bam, it was like zombies all over my neighborhood. Like it went down. You remember them? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Like you saw a whole family go down, man. Really? Yeah. I remember watching, man. I was standing in the streets, and uh, I, I saw a guy show up with a Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, and then later on, we sold the Jeep Cherokee for yeah. two hundred dollars to somebody with two, pink slip. Two hundred bucks. And then I saw him with um, his same. And then I saw him two weeks later, same clothes. Then I saw him in a bicycle with ripped shoes. And it just kept going worse and worse. Worse and worse. And then he's just naked. Yeah, running down the street, living, living in Skid Row. Oh, that's too bad. So when when it, so it shifted to crack. But you did you do this PCP? I did. I did all the stuff. I did PCP. I smoked crack. It's hard to handle that PCP, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy for a while. Yeah, you, you think you have Superman strength? Yeah, you start biting people's ear off. <laughs> and you smoke the crack? Yeah, I smoked the crack when my brother got shot. Which brother? My brother Angel, he Not was Patty. No, my brother Angel, the he was, but he was with me when we crossed the border. Yeah, he I'll was shot. You. Yeah, he was shot for being um, a bad person. You know, um, there was no brown life matter for him, and he deserved that. You know, what happened? Him and his friend. This is what, from rumors. You know, I don't want to put him in. Give him, give him another record. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he, they were just driving around, doing, doing, like, looking for a rival gang. You know, trying to buy beer. Yeah, looking for trouble. How old was he? Twenty, yeah, probably twenty, twenty-one. And um, they saw a, a car, and then they started following a car. And I, I don't know who shot first, but they were like in a like in a twenty-minute car chase, shooting at each other. Yeah, but the other car was a sheriff's car. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were on the cover. Yeah. They were dressed with Pendletons too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my brother was shot like in the head. Um, in a mouth, a leg. Oh my God! And um, he survived, man. He survived. He was um, two of his friends. Um, two of his friends passed away in that same shootout. Yeah, but he survived. He survived. How is he now? He's good, you know. Uh, he walks a little crooked. Living right. in Mexico now. Yeah, but he can talk and everything. He can talk. Everything's normal. Like as soon as like, I remember um, he was when we went to go visit him in in jail, not jail, but um. Pretty much jail. He was in um, County General Hospital, County Hospital. Yeah. But he was like in the jail ward. In the jail part? I didn't even know they had that. Yeah, sure. So they had to check our IDs. And we went to go visit him. He was, he was, his leg was chained to the bed. Wow. And uh, he was in a little coma. But he came out of it. He was in a wheelchair for a while. You know, yeah. he couldn't move his legs. Right. I remember um, Father Greg Boyle. Yeah. He went to, he grew up in our neighborhood. Well, he, we grew up in his neighborhood. Yeah, his his church. Yeah, so we grew up with him. He, we known him since we were little. Since we were little, Greg, Father Greg Boyle. Yeah, Father. He, 
He did the Homeboy Industries. Yeah, yes. Homeboy Industries. They do all this stuff, right? Yes. Bakery too, right? Yes. Yeah. We start we we grew up with knowing Father Greg Boyle, like he baptized our friends. Oh yeah. He did our first communion. So your whole life. Like, he baptized my daughter. Your whole life you knew. Yeah, him. I knew him. And so he knew all the, how bad we were already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about him and your brother? So he went to go visit my brother periodically at that hospital. My brother was the same hospital where uh, Muhammad Ali went for brain brain injuries. Yeah. And um, Los Amigos, Rancho Los Amigos. And so my brother, one day he blinked at me. He goes, hey, fool, I can move my legs already. He goes, don't tell nobody. I want to stay here for a long time. I want to stay here. For, I'm going to stay here longer. He goes. He was comfortable? He's like, good food here. Yeah. So, so um, one day Father Greg shows up. And he starts blessing him with holy water, and he does a little cross. Yeah. And then Father Greg um, throws the wa- holy water in his legs, and my brother turns into the exorcist. It burns! <laughs> oh, it burns! Yeah. Father Greg freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Did he go back to Mexico like after he recovered or what? No. Um. After he recovered, um, he 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 was in the neighborhood with a wheelchair for yeah. a while. Yeah. And um, being um. Still doing his thing in a wheelchair, like you know. What doing the bad shit? Yeah. Was he like in a gang? Is that what it was? No, he was just um crazy dude, man. Oh. <laughs> he loved drugs. Yeah. <laughs> he loved drugs. And my brother was in a wheelchair, man, and I th- he's still having he's doing he's doing his thing, man. I'm a handsome guy. Yeah. Still having sex in a wheelchair. Yeah. We would put he would put girls on top of him, and his friends would push him down the stairs. <laughs> so the wheels fall off, homie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And why did he go with, but end up back down in Mexico? My brother was. Um, put, uh, long story short, when I was on Last Comic Standing, yeah, they, they did a um, a thorough background check on all the contestants. Yeah, NBC lawyers, yeah. private investigators. So I, I came back with a check on my on my criminal record. They said, Felipe, were you arrested recently, and you have four bench warrants. I said, no. <laughs> I haven't been arrested since probably 91. Yeah. And I was a DA reject, so I never went to court. And he went, wow, wow. They showed me all these things. Well, that might be my brother. He, stole, he probably stole my identity. <laughs> and because he had stolen my other brother's identity too. Yeah. So I had to locate his daughter somewhere. And she sent me a photo of him. And I sent it to the private investigator. Yeah. And he 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 put the 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 name and the photo together. They didn't match. Yeah. So they found out it was him after all, and they let me in the show. Really? Yeah. The, and so and that's why he had to go to Mexico. No, because he, he ended up going to prison, in and out of prison. So they finally got deported. They deported him. Oh. But he, he had a good job. He works for AT and T at the in Mexico. Yeah. Now he's got a good job. Yeah. Um. What happened? He, he, my brother told me that I had him on my podcast. He said that um. As soon as he as soon as he got deported, there's a calling center in uh, Mexico. Yeah, for AT and T, and they call Americans. Yeah, and then they, they need um Spanish speakers, English speakers that yeah. they don't have to that they don't have to teach English to. Right. So you got all these thugs getting deported, you know, from MS thirteen flats, 18th yeah. Street, and they're all Mexican. So yeah. why not work at a calling center? <laughs> so so my brother all day he calls people and tells them about their phone and. Hooks them up. So it's just all these uh, criminals and murderers. Yeah, yeah, making the calls. Right. Well, at least you got a gig, right? Yeah. yeah. So when does this all this start? So what did you get busted for? Oh, uh, I was um, I was I was busted um, when I was like y- younger. Yeah. 
I had no job. I had no money. There was some. There was like a, a drug deal like between three guys. Yeah. And the guy dropped the dope when he ran. Yeah. And I was happened to be there. Yeah. And um, so the cop goes, "Hey, stop running!" He goes, "I, I, I wasn't even running." So the guy found he found like an ounce and a half, like not even like twenty feet from me. Yeah. And those guys had ran and so it wasn't even your dope. Yeah, and then they 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 took me for it, and and those guys that uh, I didn't, those guys that I belonged to, bailed yeah. me out. Like I was out the next day, I was out the same day. The guys that ditched, yeah, they were your friends. I knew who they were. Yeah. I didn't say who they were, but I just I just I didn't know who they were. So that was it. Didn't stick. No, huh. it didn't come up to. I went to Canada. You went to Canada for the Montreal Comedy Festival and to open up for Russell Peters. Oh, it didn't come up. It didn't come up then, but I went, when I went to travel alone, it showed up. Really, and they asked me, "You've been arrested?" And I and I always say no because, you know, if you if you were not charged or you don't know if it's going to come up, you might as well yeah. say no. And then if you they find it, they're like, "Oh yeah, I didn't." Yeah, yeah. Da reject. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, the this the the district attorney of the county rejected the case because it wasn't a winnable case. Oh, so that means you were never charged. Oh, never charged. Huh? Like I went to I went I, sh- I showed up to court. Yeah. And I saw my name and it was stamped. No, you go home. You're nothing gonna happen to you. Huh. So when do you like when you talk about on in the specials, it sounds like you had the cocaine problem pretty bad. Yeah. Well how was that after you were were you doing comedy yet? I, I had like um I stopped when I started doing comedy, I had like ten years sober and then I picked it up again in, in um Bakersfield. So what's what's a what's the story? So like when we started talking about drugs, so that was like 19. So what were you doing? How long, when did you start doing comedy? How old were you? I started, com- started comedy when I was 24, 25. So from 19 to 25, you were just kicking around? Yeah, sober. Yeah, oh, you were You were sober? From 24 to 30, I was sober. From, from 21 to 31, I was sober, nine, 10 years. 21 to 31? Yeah. So you got sober at 21? Yeah. Like for real? Yeah, like nothing. I was going to church. Wait, with with uh, with Father Boyle? Yeah, Father Boyle came to my house, and then he told me about this rehab called Live Again Recovery well, what, how, Home. So you were really fucked up? Yeah. And this was when you were kind of a kid, though. It was yes. like you were 20. I got into a fight with somebody in the neighborhood, they were going to jump me. Yeah. And he knew. So maybe you should get away from the neighborhood for a while. Yeah, so like... But he he seemed to like your family, or he was yes. just good to everybody. Yes, my mom wanted to go talk to him too, though. Oh, okay. So you go talk to the priest, and then yeah. the priest comes and talks to you. Yes. And then he said, "You got to go to rehab," and you said, "Okay." Yes. And then you you got straight, and you were doing the program and everything. Yes. Yeah, for a while. And then when I was in when I was in rehab, we do, we used to have like visitors because our our um, rehab was non denomination. Yeah. So you could be a Muslim, a Jew, or whatever. Yeah. Every Sunday, everybody goes to their own church. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we had the, this guy named um, Tim who lived in um, who lived in the valley. Yeah. He was Catholic, but he was like a brother, you know, like a kind of like a natural leader type dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a brother. Yeah. He was not a priest. Yeah. He was like a, he did the bad work for the priest, so he would go visit us and have programs for the men. You know, other grown men like yeah. activities, yeah, kind of like self awareness. You know, like make you think about yourself. Yeah. So one day he writes, he tells us, "Um, I want you guys to write down five things you want to do when you were little, like your goals, what you yeah, want to be yeah, when you yeah, were little." Yeah. So we're like 
a bunch of heroin addicts, some guys are 62, 70. <laughs> yeah. I'm young, crackhead. Yeah. Um, all the heroin addicts there look like the cr- look at crackhead like we're losers. Yeah, yeah. We look at them like they're old. They ain't <laughs> yeah, gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was writing stuff like fireman or yeah. I wanted to be Superman yeah. or I wanna be this. And myself too. I wanted to be Superman too. Yeah, sure. I wanna be Batman. And then she's, he looked at her and go, no, no, what did you, what you want to be like before you get on drugs? Yeah. Like president or astronaut, all. Oh, yeah. So everybody sent it back. So then I wrote on the first one, comedian. Yeah. Go to Italy, stay sober, just four, be happy. Yeah. Five, I have no idea. I just left it blank. <laughs> Those four are good. So that was, a, that was like the first time I ever wrote down goals. Yeah. So um, he didn't want to see him after that. He go, just keep it. And he go, now you have something to live for. He go, now you have a goal in life. So why do you want to be a comedian? Who were you, who were you watching? Like who were you guys? Like what made you want to do that? We have um, when I was um, in high school, somebody um, was passing around a VHS tape. Yeah, of seven hours of comedy, just general. Some general. Made it. They're all HBO specials. Yeah, yeah. It was um, Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, Howie Mandel with a hand and oh, a yeah. handbag. Sure. And Ronnie Dangerfield's Young Comedian Specials. Yeah. Um, the one, yeah, the one with Robin Williams hosted. Uh huh. And Robert Williams special and Sam Kinison, young comedians. Oh, really? Oh, the Dangerfield Sam Kinison. Yeah, that yeah. one. And we, we we were watching them all day. That and we were watching porn too. Yeah. And um, my friend Jackie Escalera. Yeah. He he he, he played um, that album for us. Which one? Um, Bill Cos- Bill Cosby, my brother Russell. Oh yeah. Who I sleep with? Yeah. And now and then uh, my other pl- other friend, Emilio Garcia. He played um. Richard Pryor, that N-word is crazy. Yeah. And we memorized that one. Yeah. Hey, you can never get a you can never get an ambulance in the project unless you, you yell out five five black people killing a white woman. Where's yeah. the body? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that one, so we got, we were all into stand up. Yeah. So it was a thing with you and your friends. And here in California, my brother um Angel, he was a gifted kid, by the way. My brother Angel. The one who got shot? Yeah, he was a he was a magnet kid, man. Yeah. And um he he used to go to Sierra Park Elementary because yeah. he was smart. Yeah, and it was away from. He didn't go to the schools in the projects, so um, he t- he found out with the mother kids about the comedy show on on KMT mm-hmm. on Sundays mm-hmm. from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Hmm. It was a Doctor Demento show. Oh, okay. And Doctor Demento, he would wear like a top hat. Yeah, but it was a radio show, and he would play all the comedies like George Carlin. And um, Weird Al Yank- Young, Weird yeah, Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah, So we would listen to that, too. He was in Dr. Demento. So you guys were comedy freaks. Yeah, my brother was an f- angel besides being, um, he was an exchange student, too. He was? Like, my brother was smart, man. Like, he knew how to get in and fit in anywhere. Huh. So and where, they, where was the exchange student? At that park, at the school, Sierra Park, he signed up for a foreign exchange program. Yeah. Filled out all the application himself. Yeah. Just had my mom sign her name. She didn't speak yeah. Bad English. Yeah. She goes to she told my mom, Mom, pon, like, pon tu signature aquí, tu, pon tu nombre aquí nomás. So she's just signing away, signing away. And then one day, um, my brother tells my mom, I'm going to need some money. You know, I'm going to go to Mexico. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, mom, they have a foreign exchange student. I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm going to live in Mexico City for about a week. And then that kid is going to come live with us. <laughs> and man. <laughs> My brother went to Mexico, and he told me he didn't have to pay for nothing. They gave him an allowance, yeah, and he had his own room. Wow! And he had to share a room. He saw pyramids. He had lobster. 
He went to Cancun. Uh, he went to Chiapas. Yeah. He traveled. He, he got um, cultured in a, in a Mexican culture. Yeah, yeah. That we don't know. For a week. Yeah. But then. Did the other kid come? That kid had to come to our house. <laughs> and we live in the housing projects. Four bedrooms. Like he, he had to share a room with two other people now. <laughs> And we have bunk beds, and like <laughs> he got the other. He went to the bottom. Yeah, I said no, motherfucker. You sleep on the top. Yeah. and this foot was rich, man. Like he always had cash in his pockets, and he, he never shared. Like he would buy one ice cream. Yeah, but he got a different education, huh? Yeah, man. He was rich. It must have been a culture shock to hang around with, because I, I don't think uh, rich Mexicans hang around with poor Mexicans in Mexico. Yeah. But they, he did in in the states. Oh my God, bro! Like he went from taking my brother to eat lobster, yeah, to standing in line to eat free lunch at the park. <laughs> did uh, did he have a good time, that kid? He had a man. I hope he did. Man, yeah. there's a funny thing. We were, we went to the park, you know, the city park. Yeah, and they had a city pool. Yeah, and no cutoffs, you know. And they give you, you gotta put your your clothes, you know, that green bag, and they take care of it. Yeah, man, he's this kid is hanging around with us. Yeah, and um, he speaks only Spanish. And we're 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 at the pool, and we're looking around. We're like, where's Javier? Yeah, where's Javier? And then my friends, oh man, look at that fool over there. And man, that fool wearing speedos, bro. <laughs> speedos, like pretty much. For us, it's underwear. Yeah, yeah, and he's laying on the concrete floor like he's in the Bahamas, bro. Yeah. Like he's the, doing a at the city pool. Like he's doing a tanning commercial, man. Yeah. Like tropical, and yeah. he's laying there, man. Like in his head, he's in Acapulco, man. Yeah, yeah. How'd that go over? <laughs> Not too good. Everybody laughing. <laughs> Everybody said, "Hey, Javier, why come you're naked?" <laughs> yeah. So you guys are listening to all that comedy, and you get and you're sober, so. When you start at 24, you're sober? Yes. And where do you start doing the comedy? Um, I, at first, I didn't know how to, how to uh, some place called, um, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. It was a coffee shop. Yeah. And it, it was vegan. Oh, yeah. And um, So it was like an alternative room? Yes. Wait, so what year is that? That was like 94. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And a coffee shop. Yeah. Who else was there? Jimmy Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Alonzo Bowden. Yeah. Freddie Soto. Huh. Freddy. Cientia Levine. Yeah. Um, all at the coffee shop. All at the little coffee shop. It was like punk rock music first. Yeah. And then while they're taking down their instruments, two comedians. Huh. And then while the other, then a punk band will show up. Huh. I wonder what place that was. It was it was right there at on, on Fountain Avenue. And now it's called the Fountain Avenue Theater, but back then it was called something else. Okay. And you, you just put together a set? Were you telling stories? Oh, man. I was I went to the library went to the library yeah the Los Angeles County Library and I asked the, uh, uh, oh, this librarian this old lady yeah and then she t- I told her I want to be a comedian like yeah she, like if she was a career person yeah <laughs> and he goes I don't know how to write yeah so she takes me to these books in the library for comedy writing like some of them were like Steve Allen really and um, one of them was um, Gene Perez yeah r- um, comedy writing step by step by Gene Perez yeah so I got that one yeah. And that one um, taught me how to write and how to brainstorm comedy. Really? Like that guy would say that um, he used to write for uh, just Johnny Carson and yeah. Steve Allen and yeah, and um, these older comedians, man, mm. from the old days, Jack something, Benny, Jack Benny. So 
So he would say Or Jack Parr Jack Parr Yeah yeah. yeah. So Jack Parr He was going to roll with Jack Parr I guess Because I was yeah. reading the book So Jack Parr would write a joke About planes or traveling Yeah So he'll, he'll write down columns Like oh All the planes that he could think of Yeah And um, airlines that he's been on And on this column He'll write down um, stuff that he heard Airline guests overheard Like oh, it's, oh This window is too hot in this plane Or Yeah Put the window up. Right. All those little things that he he remembered things. Yeah, and then um, somehow all that he'll come up with a jokes. Huh? By and, brainstorming. And you tried that? Yeah. Huh? And it worked. Yes. Wow. Sometimes I go back to it when I'm lazy. Really? When I'm going through a brain. When I'm going through a. I feel like a. When I'm bombing mentally, you know. Yeah. Uh, writer's block. And um, I, I took the book from the library, and then I learned and I bought it. Huh? Then there was another book called. Um, Comedy writing, uh, it's called Comedy Writing Secrets by Gene Perez. Gene P E R. It's been around forever. Yeah, I know. I'm just one. I never heard of it. And it's, oh, there it is. Gene Perez. I was too cheap to join a comedy class, Judy Brown. Yeah, Gene Perez. Greg Dean. Oh, what the hell is the name of the book? Comedy Writing Step by Step. There's a new comedy writing. It's a revised yeah, edition. Yeah, they just, they just, I think his daughter revised it already, just right now. That's crazy, man. I never heard of that fucking book. Yeah, man. It's basic. Um, pretty much. Um, I feel like I need it. I need it. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> I always feel like I don't do it right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> or when I hear some, a comedian write a great joke, I, go, I, I feel like I'm never going to write like that. Yeah. No, I need to. Because I, like, <laughs> I talk, man. I just talk, you know, and then, and then it starts to come together. I don't write jokes down. And like for all these years, every time I hear a joke, I'm like, why the fuck? Man, I got to get the book. And then I get a book, and then I don't read the book. But you read the book, yeah. But and and it still helped you structure the shit. Yeah, help you structure and. That's crazy, man. So you got the book, and then you just wrote the act, and then you went on to the place on Fountain. Yeah, I, I saw it on um, I saw the Alley Weekly. Yeah, and it had like open comedian yeah. comedy. Yeah, and it had like all these rooms to do comedy. Mm. And that was that, that. So you didn't know anybody. No, I didn't know anybody. And you just like you just looked for open mics. Yes, I went. I, yes, I, I didn't want to go alone, so I took my friend, um, my friend Rodney Enos. Yeah, and he was like my first friend I took to do comedy. Yeah, and so you just started hitting those open mics. Yeah, coffee shops, all the other places. Coffee places? shops and um, wherever. Yeah, what were you doing? Like once or twice a week, three times a week. I was going up like that was Monday nights. So I would go only go there Mondays to I to I got to know people, and they told me about Tuesday somewhere. Right. And then Wednesday, Thursday. So who was the crew? I used to go in the beginning, the beginning, I used to hang around with Jimmy Kennedy and Freddie Soto. and When Freddie was just starting? Just starting, yeah. Oh, really? But they were already funny. Yeah. And Alonzo Bowden. He was just starting too? I guess right. I forget. You know, we, you know, we were all- This is how old Alonzo Bowden was, man. He used to have a joke about, um, he goes, um, yeah, man, um, I, want a, I, want a job, I want a job for the NFL. As a guy holding the cord for the football coach, yeah, you know the co- the the cord, yeah, yeah, that's how old. <laughs> so he uh, so he was just starting too. Wow, that's that that group of guys. And then you just started uh, going out every night. Yes. And when did you start? Did you when did you get a break at a club ever? Were you going? Oh, and, and, and um, ninety six. Yeah. Somebody told me that they were um, auditioning for a, a Latino comedy festival in San Antonio. And it was going to be Paul Rodriguez and Nelly Galan. Yeah. She's a producer of some other show that was yeah. on Def Jam. And Jeff Valdez from Colorado. He was I remember a that producer guy. too. Yeah. And they told me about it um, that they were going to look, they're looking for comedians. Yeah. The lady at the 
at, at that place, Brenda, she told me. So I, I didn't know where to go. So I went to the, um, I, I went to um, audition one day. And they said, oh, they said oh, I don't know. <laughs> so then I saw in a newspaper that they, they, they still haven't find comedians. So they're like, they needed like a bunch of open casting at the Laugh Factory. So all these Mexican, Cuban, all these Latino comedians show up. And I show up too. And I do well. And I meet um, Pat Buckles. Yeah. And then she was rooting for me to be on the show. And yeah. I don't know what a set list is. And she wrote down a set list for me. Like, she goes, listen, do this joke, this joke, this joke, and that joke, and do this joke last. She's the producer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The talent coordinator. So she wrote down my first set list. I didn't have a set list back then. So that wasn't in the book, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn that. It was just own. writing. It wasn't how to get the show. <laughs> yeah. So you get, she put together the set list? Yes. And it worked? And it worked. And um, I was on, I only had like 20 minutes, of, less than 20 minutes of material when I did that show. Yeah? And that was, uh, what was it called? The, La- the Latino Laugh Festival on Showtime, live from San Antonio, Texas. There was a big Latin festival, man. Like, they had puppeteers from all over the world. They had these comedians that did comedy in Spanish. I met Greg Giraldo there. John Mendoza. Mendoza? Yeah, and- um, I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, no. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Geraldo was great. Eric Estrada, wow. Paul Rodriguez. There you go, Paul Rodriguez, huh? But you, did you do it in Spanish or no? English, it was all English. Oh, and it, it went good? Yeah. So then, so now you're off and running. Yes, but I was, a, I was, an, open, I, I was an open micer who just got a TV show. Yeah. As soon as, two weeks later, somebody goes, hey, Felipe, you want to go head, headline with me in um, Houston, Texas? I say, what? What is that? Yeah. Because maybe, maybe you're going to go up second. Second? How about I go up first? You right. go up second. He goes, I don't have an hour of material. He goes, I barely have 20, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He goes, yeah, but they're going to pay us like $400 each, and they're going to fly us, and they're going to give us a, a, a comedy condo. And I said, oh, oh, man. I said, okay, then. You didn't have the. Didn't. I have nothing, man. <laughs> I go up there, man, and it's and I went from a, a live audience that was packed, two hundred people for that taping. Yeah. And then the open mic was like thirty people, forty. Right. But this is the first time I've been in an audience with seven people. Yeah. Like we didn't. They didn't know who. They didn't know. Um, so you go in the headline at seven people, and you don't have neither. You have the time. They didn't promote it well, and they yeah. don't know who we were. It, yeah. was, it was a the club was a, a black comedy club in Houston called Just Joking. Mm-hmm. And man, the first night, we saw a bunch of girls coming to the sh- with, with a bunch of chicks. They were standing outside smoking cigarettes. And we go, oh man, some hot chicks gonna come to this show, man. Yeah. And then when we go in, nah, man, all the waitresses leaving because there are not enough people for them to work. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, uh, so now we were like, well, now well, they were mad dogging us. Yeah. That they were giving us dirty looks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, so they left, and now uh, it was just us with one waitress and mm. one bartender. And the manager, there was nobody there, man. No crowd. So, man, I'm done in seven minutes. <laughs> so then after that, I started asking, like, where's your favorite tree? <laughs> you just Where are you from? <laughs> I, I get off at 30. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Then the other guy does the same thing. Like, he's up there asking questions, too. Just for trying to get something going. Yeah. And then the last night, it was, man, like, it was so empty. I could hear like the ice melt and fall down on the beer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's. And then, but the second night, yeah, we just started laughing, man. We we saw a big old bunch of cases of beer and ice. We just laughed, like, yeah. oh, come on, man, you brought too. <laughs> there's too many people here. 
<laughs> so they they paid us. Yeah. The guy was paying us in tears. Yeah. So he gave us our money. Yeah. We leave, and my friend goes, "Hey man, you ever been to a massage parlor?" And I said, "Never, man, never." Okay. Yeah. We're gonna go to one. Yeah. We went to one massage parlor, and I never been to a place like this. And the police are already there. They're already there. Yeah, like they busted it, but what I didn't know. He goes, and then our cab driver goes, hey, don't worry about that. I know a better one. I know yeah, a better one. Right. So we go there, and it just says um, Tokyo Studio. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it was blinking, you know, blinking. There's yeah, flies yeah. all over it, you yeah, know, the light. Sure. Yeah. And we go in there. It's like a, I don't know, man, it's a massage parlor, I guess. Yeah. I've never been to one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm laying there in my, uh, on, in a, on the bed with my clothes on, just sitting there, and I didn't take my shoes off or nothing. Yeah. And, uh. I guess the person that massaging me, she's just sitting there too, like she's doing all these poses. Yeah. But I'm just sitting there. <laughs> Waiting for something to happen. And I didn't give her no money. And yeah. I didn't I paid her for the massage, but I didn't get no massage. Yeah. And I didn't pay for no extra stuff. And yeah. Not very so I said she gives me a hug and a bottle of water. We didn't do nothing. Yeah. And I leave. Yeah. And I wait for my friend. And we start driving back to the condo. And man, I left the keys to the condo, the comedy condo. At the like massage it's, place? It's locked. Yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah. So we don't know where to get in. Yeah. So my friend says, man, you're a big guy, man. Yeah. Kick the door down. <laughs> yeah. Like like, like Miami Vice, your yeah. tubs, and yeah. I'll be Crockett. Okay. He goes, I don't want to kick the door down, man. Yeah. He goes, come on, man. We made our money today. We'll just fix it tomorrow. Yeah. You're, we're we're going to Home Depot. We're fucking fixing. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Just kick the door down. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he was like testing me. Come on, man. Come on, dude. Come on, fool. Kick the door down. Yeah. So I fucking kicked the door down and um, it just, God, like, it really, like, the, like when the cops do it. Yeah. I kicked the door down and the door just flew open. Yeah. And then this little short redneck looking Yosemite Sam guy. Yeah. Comes running. What the fuck, yeah. man? Yeah. And it was the wrong condo we kicked down. <laughs> so. We're in Texas, man. This guy could shoot us now. Yeah, he could kill us. Yeah, and um, I ran. Yeah, I left my fr I left my friend there. Uh huh. So then my friend is talking to him, and he goes, "Hey, man, come back. It's all good. It's cool. It's cool." And my friend is telling the guy, "Listen, man, that's my friend. He kicked down the door." Yeah, but we thought this was our condo. We're staying at the comedy condo over there. Yeah. So you guys just go down kicking condos. And my friend, like, he knew how to talk, and this guy's like younger than me. He started comedy like in his six when he was sixteen, I guess. Yeah, he's young. He's been around though. He told, "Listen, man, I want you to call a police officer right now. Call the police for the straighten this out so you can have a police report of the of the door being kicked down." Right. I ain't gonna call the police. I just want this door fixed. We're gonna fix this door tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> we are gonna fix this door. <laughs> we have cash on us right now. You want cash? We're gonna fix this door. So we start walking around. And um, the guy said, all right, I better fix it. Then he gave him the phone number and he gives him the address of the worst thing. Yeah. And we we met. We went back to the condo and- Just kicked the, that door down too? The door was unlocked. We left it unlocked. <laughs> yeah. And we went in there and we just kept laughing about the guy. Yeah. How he came out all scared and he didn't shoot us. Did you fix the door? No, we flew back home. <laughs> yeah. Who was that comic? Um, Jeff Garcia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was around for a while. Yeah, he was cool, man. That's a funny story. <laughs> That's but it was true. funny, man. He was, was saying, first... hey, come on, Doc. Just talking, kick the door down, Doc. Kick the door down, Doc. So that was your first headlining gig. Yeah, man. So what So what happened? So after the headlining gig, so that's like your baptism. 
into the bullshit life, and then you come back here, and you what? You just start to put the time together. Yes, I met another comedian named at an open mic named Carlos Oscar. Yeah, at the the Natural Fudge. And, oh, that's and the open name of the mic. Place. Okay, that's the that name was the open mic where I met Jamie, oh, good, where good. I started. Yeah, and um, and then in Hollywood they had a comedy show at on Hollywood Boulevard, no, on Highland, right there at the Hollywood Hotel. Yeah, it was called Comedy Waldos. Okay, and it was Waldos, and they paid like twenty five bucks. Yeah, so I met Willie Barcena there, and Willie Barcena told me about um, the Laugh Factory. Yeah, yeah, and he told me about a a comedy room they have in Montebello. Yeah. So him and I started hanging out. He's How's he doing? One. He's doing good, man. Okay. He um he's um touring. He good. he tours a lot. Good. And he, he's um he, he coaches baseball. Oh, good. For his kids. Oh, that's good. His kids are older now, but he loves baseball. So Willie Barcena because my like the guy I hang around with from now on. Yeah. Him, Willie Barcena. Well, he knows this, at that point. He knows what's going on. Yeah, man. So you learn the job. Yeah, he's doing colleges. Like yeah. he's showing me check stuff. Like wow. Yeah. And I'm impressed. Yeah. And he's like, I'm. He, I, I, one time I wrote a joke and I just wrote it to for him. And he wrote me a check for it, forty bucks. Yeah. And I was like, what? That was my first joke I ever sold. And um, what was the joke? It was, um, I'm Catholic. I went to um, confess for stealing a bicycle one time, and Father Greg Boyle told me, um, did you feel bad about stealing the bike? Yeah. Did you give the bike back? No. Where the bike at? Um, it's right here outside the church. I don't want to leave it outside, man. Somebody has to take it. <laughs> so I wrote that joke. Yeah. And then I met another comedian named Joy Medina. Yeah. He was like a road comic that used to work with Pablo Francisco. Yeah. One man, one desire. So we were all at this at the Latino night. Pablo Francisco, um, Luke Torres, Rudy Rudy Moreno. They were like these guys were like the veterans that they had. They knew, man. If you knew these guys, yeah, you you were gonna make money because they right. had rooms that paid. Right, right. They were known in the area. Yeah. Um, Steven Steakhouse mm. in City of Commerce. That was like um, Rudy Moreno, and they, whenever they need a comedy show, so they like one nighters, one nighters, bro, yeah. one one nighters all over the East Side. Like, wow, like all over the East Side, Montebello. Um, and they paid Santa Bernardino, San. Cle um, San Clemente, no, what, what, oh, San Clemente, you yeah. know, San they, Diego. And they all paid. By Celia, California, Bakersfield, yeah. like, there's a guy named- So these guys would book them and produce them. Yeah. For money. And then there's, there's people that, like, who just, who just started doing comedy, and Latin comedy in um, El Centro, a guy named Papa Chulo. Yeah. And he did stand-up shows for, for 12 years. And then um, there's a guy named Leonard Velasquez. Yeah. And he does Visalia and The Fox. Okay. He's been booking me. He's been booking me for twenty years. And is it mostly Latino audiences? Yeah, what's, what's what Vicelia is. Yeah, wow. So that's a whole network of fucking shows. Because like I, well, I noticed that when I talked to like, well, not so much Lopez, but that there's this whole other world, man. Yeah, it's like you know black comedy too. It's like there's a million rooms you don't know about them. I don't know about them because I'm not playing them. You know, and they pay. Yeah. I used to do one-nighters in Boston, but it's a different thing. But I, I never knew that there was a whole one-nighter thing here. Yeah, man, it was like a, a lot. There was a one-nighter, and um, man, they play they they pay horrible. It was at the Fourth and B in San Diego every Saturday. Yeah, they would pay the headliner two hundred dollars. They would pay the feature one fifty. They yeah. would pay the opener a hundred or seventy five. Yeah, and the three guy three three comedians will get a nice little room right in the in the downtown. Yeah. And then when you go to the show, there is 1,800 people at that show. Really? 
1,800 people, Holy shit. 1,800 drunk people, and they're <laughs> dancing afterwards, and you have a check that you cannot cash. <laughs> or sometimes the check, they'll mail the check, so yeah. you have no money. Yeah. I remember me and this other comedian, man, we were hanging around with with people at the show just to get free drinks yeah. and get free food from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we would get to the club and go, you got coming in now. <laughs> How much they got to get in? Twenty bucks. I can't. Yeah, you get ripped off, right? Yeah. But but you were you were learning how to do it. So when did last comic standing happen? So last you're sober. You're sober the whole this whole time too. Yeah. When? Why do you start doing coke again? I started. I don't know. Started freaking out and uh, after after last comic standing, two thousand two thousand two. Was this after last comic standing? After Montreal. Oh, so in two thousand five, I went to Montreal Comedy Festival. Well, when did you do last comment? Two thousand ten. Oh, okay. But, so, I, but I sobered up in 09. Okay, wait. So two thousand four. So okay. So you get new faces. Yes. In two thousand five. So you've been doing comedy a couple years. Yeah. And you're a new face. Yeah. And you go up there and you you see it all. Yes. You I, see what I, it looks like. I never been there, man. I I was there with um the the new faces were yeah. Jasper Red. Oh yeah. Um Natasha Leggero. Yeah. And a bunch of other people. Yeah, Joe Coy. I think yeah. they were new faces. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's it's wild. We were all kids, huh? Yeah. Wow. So that's two thousand and five. I wonder if I was up there. I don't think I was up there. Two thousand and five. Greg Giraldo was there, and I think the 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 two comedians from New Zealand got their deal there that that year. Flight of the Concord. Yes, because I saw them run, walking around, and everybody was all over there. I think, well, those guys. Yeah. And so, what happened? Why'd you freak out? Where oh I, I was doing drugs at Montreal oh you were yes <laughs> with who by myself oh. or whoever wanted to get crazy yeah and but that so is that where you started doing them again no I started doing it like a month or three months before Montreal yeah somewhere yeah then I just I went downhill after that blow yeah, yeah. crack too oh, just crack. crack oh you like crack blow and crack whatever's around yeah <laughs> so 1996 I do that um. Latino Laugh Festival, okay? Right. San Antonio. So, San Antonio. Jeff Valdez sells it to CBS somehow. Yeah. They're airing it on CBS at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Comedians find out about it. Next thing you know, SAG after gets involved. They send me a check. Yeah. So they send me a big fat check. I buy a, I buy a truck. Yeah. So now I'm rolling. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm making money from the from that show still, you know? Yeah. When Byron Allen, yeah. I get a check every once in a while for 80 bucks. Yeah. So, so it's the show that pays. Yeah. So money's rolling in. Money's rolling in, and then I'm 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 getting booked to headline in um Vegas. Yeah. Before last comic. Okay. We're at, at in at Vegas. The Planet Hollywood. Oh yeah. So Planet get, Hollywood. So you're getting good gigs. Yeah, and I would open up for comedians. Which one? Paul Rodriguez. Yeah. And uh, Russell Peters. Oh, like, that's a big crowd, huh? Like I remember. Russell's? When, yeah. I remember when Russell when Paul Rodriguez gave me a check for like three shows. And, I, and then I saw the check, and I said, I think you made a mistake, man. That's like $2,000 a show. I only did like six minutes. Yeah. He goes, orale, that's the check. <laughs> and he, he, he and they're like, all right, I'll take it, eh? Yeah. He goes, but then I got then, then, then to call him back again like an hour later. Um, I only, only have one ID, yeah. and I don't have a checking account. <laughs> and is there any way I could cash it at that bank? Yeah, <laughs> without them telling me to join that bank. Yeah, so I got to go back to his accountant and the bank, and then they cash it for me right there. <laughs> Good, <laughs> yeah, you, you got it settled. 
<laughs> I remember one time he, when when I opened up for Paul Rodriguez in Reno. Yeah. He goes, um, he, he calls me up and he goes, hey, what is this about you complaining about your room that is too small? It's not it's not hot enough, not cool enough. There's not enough fruit. What is this shit, man? You know what you were doing six months ago? And I said, I, I, I didn't say shit, man. I just got here. I wasn't complaining. You will when you see my room. And he hung up. <laughs> and I go to the room. It's yeah. like a palace. Yeah. It's a whole floor. Yeah. There's a piano. <laughs> There's a hot chick. He just wanted There's to, a swing. A swing. A hammock. So uh, he just wanted to fuck with you. Yeah. So when so when do you have to like so at this time are you married? No, I'm, I'm, I have a girlfriend. Yeah, but you're still using. No, I, I stopped using in '09. How bad did it get? It got really bad. Yeah. Yeah, like I was up, I was like disappearing. Uh, like five missing. days awake. Oh. oh. Yeah, missing shows? Yes. No, no, not missing shows. I would get to the show with two days of no sleep and kill it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then I argue with a comedian that's trying to give me advice. Yeah, all right. Hey, bro, you should really watch yourself. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> next, uh, next time you get a standing ovation with two days of no sleep, let me know, homie. <laughs> so you're a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even uh, the late Ralphie May, like, he jokingly, he, he gave me advice. Oh, yeah. Hey there, buddy. Yeah. I heard you call out room service. Yeah. And order a spoon and baking soda. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was like one night I was I was out of it, man. Like the Laugh Stop comedy club, they were they used to headline me. Bef- in Ohio? No, in um oh. Houston. Oh Houston, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Mark. Mark Yeah, uh, Mark Babbitt. Babbitt, yeah. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. He was he used to um always he was a good he used to always book me. Yeah. He was one of the guys that would take me on the road. With Freddie Soto and Joey Diaz and yeah. Willie Barsena. Yeah. So he would, oh, really? Yeah. We used to do shows in the in um, Bakersfield. Oh, okay. And Juan Villarreal. Yeah, Babbitt. He would run it, road manage it? Yeah. He was with Wild Wild West, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that guy. Mark Babbitt was good, man. Like, I remember one time he booked me to do a show in Houston, $800. And like, wow. Then the show gets canceled three days later. He still sends me the check. That's a good guy. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I like that. I remember that. That room. spoils me, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember that room, and then it got taken over by some a weirder guy. Yeah, not a great guy. I've been a long time though. It's gone, right? It's Is gone. It gone. It's closed. Yeah. So what? So you cleaned up because you were a disaster. Did somebody step yeah. in, or did who? I, I called up room service and I ordered a spoon and baking soda. You did do that. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. And, and I tore was... up the hotel, and they lost the account for the hotel. And that was it. Yeah. And then you were like, I got to do this? I got to do this. So would you go back to rehab or you just stopped? No, I just, uh, I started thinking about it and I stopped. You know, I just stopped. You know, yeah. this is not good. You know, I'm funny. I got to focus. So in, in like, I stopped in 09 yeah. and I started focusing and Joe Diaz told me about this movie yeah. with um, Nick Torturo and yeah. Paul Rodriguez. Yeah. So the, the director of that movie and producer. Yeah. Um, Manny Mejia, uh-huh. Red, Redford Mejia. He, um, I gave him my my comedy special that I recorded the off at the Ice House. They record your they record your video, so, oh, so I had thirty three minutes. So you mean just a tape? Yeah. Okay. So I gave it to him. Yeah. No, I had it in a CD. Right, but it but it wasn't a produced special. No, it was oh. just an audio and a, and a set. A, a set. Yeah. Thirty three minutes, but yeah. I, I would sell those for twenty bucks. Oh, okay. I would make a hundred of them. Yeah. So I gave everybody in the show, everybody in the movie one. Yeah. 
And then he he listened to it. And um, this kid must be on drugs or nuts. Yeah. But he comes up to me. He goes, Felipe, how would you like to do a movie based on this audio, yeah. this audio co- CD? <laughs> yeah. And I said, it's only three, three, three minutes. You want to do a short film or what? Yeah. So he goes, let's do it right now. So I, I think he's nuts. So I go on, you know, on a binge, you know, and disappear for a while. Yeah. Though, and I, I, I don't return his phone calls. Yeah. So he corners me one day and he goes, no, seriously, I want to do this movie. Yeah. So I have dinner with him. Yeah. While my wife is eating fish filet at McDonald's waiting for me. Yeah. I'm at this dinner place in Beverly Hills with this guy and he buys me this big fat fish with purple sauce and I never had, the, that fish was delicious. Yeah. Even the bone was good. Yeah. And he gives me a check and I sign over my comedy to him. Yeah. And um, That's that 33 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And he gave me a check. And I, wow, I could pay my rent for the next couple of months now. Yeah. I could buy groceries. So he hires a, a, a writer-director named Christian Sesma. Yeah. And he 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 um, transfers the comedy into a 80-minute motion picture. Yeah. And then the mo- we shoot the movie in nine days. It's called I'm Not Like That No More. Yeah. And I'm the star of the movie with yeah. Paul Rodriguez playing my father and all my materials in that movie. And it was it good? Yeah. That movie went straight to... Straight to iTunes, and then it disappeared. We had a big ass premiere at the mo- big movie theater in um, ArcLight. Yeah, with um, red carpet and everything. Oh nine. Yeah, and then we had another premiere at the Ricardo Motel Bond Theater, and then the their audio messes up, and it's sad, man. For those people that were there, man, you guys never you guys never got to see the ending of the movie. My bad. <laughs> and what happened to the movie? Still make money? Well, no, the guy owns it, so yeah. Doesn't matter. It disappeared. But, but I I own copies, and yeah. every once in a while on Christmas, I release it on YouTube for everybody to watch it. Oh yeah, and uh, that guy doesn't get mad, right? No, he doesn't know what's happening unless he's listening right now. But you uh, but you feel good about it. Yeah, because here I am, man. I'm like drinking, and this thing shows up. I'm in this movie. Like I didn't expect this to ever happen to me, but I have my own movie starring yeah. Felipe Esparza, yeah, Edwin San Juan, Paul Rodriguez. But when does the last comic happen next? That year. Okay. In 2010, like almost eight, eight after the movie's done, 2010 starts, and then I get the audition. And you, but you, you're clean then. Yeah, yeah. And then you win it. Yeah. How long? That, what is that process? Like two months? How long is that fucking thing? Like three months. Three months. It was over by Ju- by August. And what was that? Like the second one, first one, third, seventh, one? seventh. So does that now like no house? Peter right. Ingram came up in front of all the 40 people and said, "Guys, we're not gonna have a house." We're gonna have a um, just comedy going at each other, so you just compete against each other. No yeah. house, no extra stuff. That's better. Who was in it that year? Um, the I tell the people that were in it who didn't make it through, who are stars now. Okay, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Lil Rel. Lil Rel. Yeah, yeah. He, Lil Rel was top ten. Yeah, and Tiffany Haddish was top twenty, and Cristela Alonso was top twenty. Huh. And she ended up getting her own sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was top five was Felipe Esparza winning. Second was Mike DeStefano. No, second was Tommy Jonigan. Third yeah. was Mike DeStefano. Fourth was um, Roy was Junior. Yeah, yeah. And fifth was Mike Kaplan. Huh, Mike we Kaplan. All, we, oh, all yeah. went, we all went on a big tour, 80-city tour. So how long have you been a vegan? Since um, 2011, I think. Just because? No, man. I was trying to lose weight on the Atkins diet. Oh. 
And um, I, 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 would, I didn't do it right. Like I, I didn't, I didn't do what they say. Like, hey, go talk to a physician. Yeah. So I just, I was eat, eating cheese and diet cokes and yeah. meat yeah. and no water and no lettuce and no tomatoes. So I was constipated like for about uh, four days. Yeah. Not going to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, like I had to take a Lamaze class, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it was bad, bro. Yeah. So man, finally I just got tired, man, and I, I just pushed it all out and I hurt myself. And I got like a hemorrhoid. Yeah. And my blood was bleeding. I felt like I, I was raped by a ghost at yeah, night. Yeah. It just felt so bad. Yeah. That I was afraid to take a shit after a while. Yeah. So I just stopped eating, man, for like three days now. Yeah. So I said I stopped eating and I lost a lot of weight. And I was working on this movie called Taco Shop. Yeah. So I said, I'm not going to eat no more. And, and that was it? I'm not going to eat meat no more. I'm not going to eat anything that's hard to digest. Oh. So I don't eat cheese or meat. And do you feel better? Yeah. Uh-huh. So where's the what are you where are you at now with the drugs? Just weed? Just weed? Yeah. I did mushrooms for the first time with my wife like four years ago. Yeah. How was that? I felt re- uh, alive right when it was all done. Yeah. I felt new bo- newborn. Yeah. Oh, that's and good. I felt like like a new person. Yeah. I felt like if somebody would have given me this when I was hooked on crack, yeah. I would have quit. Yeah. Like if somebody would have gave me this in dosages. Yeah. Because I would have just quit you right know? right because yeah you don't i need don't it. need it right yeah and you got how many kids i have um three yeah i have one when i was in two of them when i was like in high school and one later on yeah and i have my stepson yeah from my wife and you're still married and everything yeah i'm married to my wife we live together we've been together since 2006 oh that's good and you produce stuff together and- yes my wife is like my manager she's the executive producer of all my specials oh, that's good I like the special though. Last yeah. one was good. Lisa and, Esparza. Yeah, and what's the uh, what's the podcast called? The podcast that I do with with um, Rodrigo Torres and Martin Rezo and my wife is called What's Up Food Podcast. But my wife and I we have our own podcast that we did a, we did for a couple of episodes. It's yeah. called um, Enchilada Casserole. Uh huh. And we talk about a relationship. We talk about us trying to have a baby. Oh yeah. We talk about her miscarriages. Oh. And then we talk about gr- uh, growing up with our or violent parents. Oh yeah, more personal. Oh, and uh, and but you only did a couple of those. Yeah, like ten. Uh huh. Did you? And so when was that? That was like man, six years ago. So you were able to have a baby? No, we didn't have a baby. Oh, my wife ended up having a hysterectomy. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh, she had a, we had a mis we had like two, two three miscarriages. Oh. Miscarriages. That's weird. One was in the car oh. while we were driving to a show. We were trying to get to the hotel, yeah. and it, it was like it was like the scene from *Reservoir Dogs*. <laughs> you know when they, when they shot was Tim Roth? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I was passing her because she was bleeding from her uterus, oh. so I kept passing her like um, those um, baby diapers, those yeah. big ones, so she could wipe herself over yeah. and over. Oh. And then we were in traffic. We're almost there, honey. To the hospital. Yeah, and oh. then when we got no, we went to the hotel. Oh. And then in the hotel, she had the miscarriage there, and she That's just terrible. caught it. And Ugh. That's terrible. But you got a joke out of it. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I, you know, it was funny when I was watching the, the latest special, like, because I used to be dirtier. And I, you know, and you, you, there was this time where it's like, you know, they tell people, like, you don't want to be too blue. But there was never that many guys doing it. No. And like, you know, like, because I watch your stuff, and I'm like, I like this honest fucking sex weird shit. And I used to do it myself. And then at some point I got older, I just stopped doing it. But they, they always, there was always this thing, like, you don't want to be blue. But no one was doing it like that. I mean, there were guys that were talking dirty. But when you really talk about yeah. fucking, it, 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 there wasn't that many of us doing it. And I like seeing it again. I know, like, to me, like, 
like my friend would tell me, like the young the community that I the veterans, yeah, like Willie and them, bro. You gotta work clean, bro. You're never yeah. gonna work. You gotta cross over to yeah. white people, right? Or you gotta be clean. Yeah. Then I, one time, Paul Rodriguez told me, "Listen, man, don't worry about none of that stuff. Yeah. When if you're funny enough, eventually they're gonna just cross over to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that that was the right advice. That was the right advice, man. Yeah. But I remember, like, I see, I would see Joe Diaz yeah. destroy, being dirty. Yeah. And you know, and talking about having crabs on his eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> and like and like I was working clean all the time. Yeah. Like I never talk about that stuff. Yeah. I never did that stuff. But then after a while, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna just be me. Right. Nobody's gonna be better than being me. That's the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joey's a yeah, character too and he's you live the life and then you know you talk you talk about this stuff like I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I got less dirty. I just got nicer. And uh but there was a time where you just talk about all that shit. And it, it, like it's a very specific zone, man. And you don't see it that much. And it was funny, man. So you're doing good. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good, man. Like I'm on a show on on Hentified. I'm in one episode on Netflix called Hentified. Uh-huh. Gentified. Yeah. It's about a show, a show a t- a, a, a town, Boyle Heights that's being it's being gentrified and by the by white people and that's happening. Yeah, and uh, but also the 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 community who lives there are also part of the gentrification because a lot of the kids are not moving. Yeah. So you got these hipsters who are Mexican who live with their parents. Oh, interesting. In Boyle Heights. Because there was some, like, there was actually some friction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a documentary or is it a- It's a show. It's a series that oh. produced, um, directed and written and produced by- um, Linda Yvette Chavez and Marvin Lemus. Oh, good. So is is uh, is Father Boyle still alive? Father Boyle's still alive. He's still kicking it at the homeboy industry. Did you ever work over there? Never worked over there. Um, when I was in rehab, there was it was not it was the beginning of homeboy homeboy industry. Mm. Back then, it was called um, Jobs for the Future. Okay, Jobs you, not Jails. You still talk to that guy? Yeah, I do talk to him. Um. I still donate money when I want last comment standing. I I donated my money to oh, them. That's nice. Do you ever the, call him for advice? Sometimes. No. Oh. I stop by every once in a while. He's a busy man, you know. Yeah. He travels. He speaks a lot. But he's uh he's always nice to you. He's always been nice to me. Well, good man. I'm glad we did this, man. Good talking to you. Yeah, man. Felipe Esparza. Hope you set your clocks back yesterday because if you didn't you're late or early I guess you'd be early right (laughs) how come no one's here yet oh fuck let's play some guitar
Boomer lives. Monkey in the Fonda. Cat angels everywhere.